This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Welcome to Reporters Without Orders. We're recording this on the noon of 4th of August, Wednesday. A very sunny Delhi day, blue skies, very rare occurrence in this city. But anyway, not to complain. With me are two of my colleagues, fellow reporters, Nidhi and Akanksha. Nidhi is of course here in the studio. She's sitting with her specs on her nose, looking to her laptop, reading intently. Hi Nidhi. Hi Ayush, you're doing the whole show and tell thing very diligently. See, I'm trying to make this podcast interesting. Who was the last host? <laughs> oh, Basant, I'm, I don't have competition. And hi, Akanksha. Akanksha is uh, at her home and we are recording over internet. Hi. Hi, Ayush. So, uh, both Nidhi and Akanksha have done very uh, timely, relevant and I think powerful reports on, uh, well, Akanksha is actually a series, it's a third report in a series on the so-called conversion racket in Uttar Pradesh and Nidhi has reported on a story that is uh, occupied a lot of space in even in mainstream media but uh, we were checking out Twitter and now this it's getting a political overtone because, you know, uh, Mr. K. Jival, Mr. Rahul Gandhi are have stepped in it's about the alleged gang rape murder and uh, forced cremation of a nine-year-old girl we've chosen to call her tara in our story um and she's dalit and nidhi i was reading you know the people have tweeted out your story my friends have been messaging me they said the story is very bone chilling to them and once I read the story, I could tell why, because there are some you know, graphic details. But um, before we get on the story, just tell us, you know, you were, I think your report has covered it most comprehensively, NDTV and other uh, portals have also looked into it. So how did you come to know about this event, you know, as a reporter? Where did you learn about it and how fast was your you know, time when you saw it, when you reached the spot? I mean, I saw it like we all saw it on NDTV. I got a notification. I was sitting with a friend and I got a notification that this had happened. And I remember Mukesh Sengal Singh uh, was the stringer who fired it for NDTV. And this, I think, notification had come on August 2nd at around 10 in the night. And I think somewhere as soon as I saw it, I felt like we should do it and we should cover it. And the next morning, I remember I called uh, Raman sir at seven in the morning and I said, there's this incident that's happened. I didn't know her address. I just knew that it was near the crematorium in Purani Nangal area. So I said, shall I do it? And he said, go right ahead. So then Aditya and I, we immediately left uh, and we went to the crematorium first where the alleged crime has happened. And from there, nobody refused to speak to us. Um, I mean, everyone refused to speak to us there, but somebody guided us towards a place where the parents were holding a dharna. So we got there and that's where we met the family. Okay, so for our listeners, can you just uh, give us a gist of what this story is about? Yeah, so the case is that um, on August 1st, at around 5.30 in the night, this young uh, girl, nine-year-old Tara, who we're calling Tara, it's not her real name, uh, she was at home and her father was leaving to the bazaar to buy vegetables and he asked her to go and fetch water. So because it's hot, the crematorium has a water cooler and uh, they go and fetch water. So they fill their bottles from there. So he'd asked her to go. This was around 5.30. The mother was at home and she uh, then said she'll play and then she'll go to the crematorium. So she went... And an hour later, when she didn't return, uh, apparently the father at the bazaar heard from someone that uh, the pandit of the crematorium had come looking for the mother. Uh, So he started making his way towards the crematorium. 
by then the mother had already reached the crematorium and then she goes on to tell us uh, what she saw yeah and nidhi was on the spot with aditya who's uh, a producer here and they spoke to uh, tara's mother and here's what she told nidhi baap ko sikal nahi dikhai khali mu ko sikal da khai to meri bachcha ki aankh ne band ho rahi itna mu pad raha jeev khali pad rahi hot khali pad rahi aur kachu hi na ho meri bachcha आपने जब बॉडी को देखा उसके बाद कब जलाया नहीं कर रहे हम साढ़े सात बजे जलाया था हम नहीं कर रहे हम थाने ले जाएंगे सोलह नंबर पर कॉल करेंगे आप बर्बाद हो जाएगा आपको जो पैसे भी नहीं है पैसे पुलिस वाले भी खा जाएंगे डॉक्टर भी खा जाएंगे चीरा फारी करके बेटी की मट्टी हो जाएगी आप थोड़ा समझो हम यहीं रफे दफे कर दे नांगल में किसी को मत बुलाओ अपने कुटुम्ब परिवार को भी मत बुलाओ खेच खेच के भीतर पंडित ने तारा लगा दिया गेट का आप चिल्लाओ मत बिल्लाओ मत होनो जो होएगा अब किसको सुना रही हो तुम सो देयर फोर अक्यूज्ड इन दिस केस सो फार आई थिंक द प्राइमरी वन हु पीपल आर पॉइंटिंग टू इज दिस मैन कॉल्ड राधे श्याम 55 इयर ओल्ड ही हु इज अ प्रीस्ट एट दिस क्रेमेटोरियम एंड द वे दैट शी इज डिस्क्राइब्ड द वे ही वाज ट्राइंग टू नॉट लेट हर हैव एक्सेस टू हर डॉटर बिकॉज़ आई थिंक शी हैड ऑलरेडी सीन हर डॉटर इन अ वेरी बैड स्टेट और वाज दैट समवन्स डिस्क्रिप्शन सो वी हैव टू अंडरस्टैंड दैट द केस इज अ वेरी इनिशियल प्लेस वेयर वी आर डीलिंग विद पेरेंट्स हु आर इन शॉक and lawyers who are deciding whether they're going to take on the case or not and police who are obviously not wanting to give out too many details so we've pictured and like put together the story from the parents version and uh, so what the mother said was as soon as she walked in the pandit pointed to a bench where the 9 year old daughter was lying and said that your daughter came here and she got electrocuted when she was filling the water uh, but her mother said as soon as she saw her daughter it was very clear that this wasn't an electrocution because she said there were bruise marks on her left arm um her lips were torn her tongue was bluish in color uh and that her clothes were wet including her underwear and she said that it's not and she said i touched my daughter and her body was quite warm and it just she's like it was very difficult for me to believe that it was an electrocution but before she could process anything i mean this is a mother who sent her daughter to fetch water and then she goes to find her daughter an hour later and her daughter is lying dead and she said before i could process anything the priest sort of started telling her that see this is it's better if we finish this off right now as you heard in the video uh, don't scream don't shout don't create a scene um, and apparently he told her that we'll burn the body and because they are uh, she said you know because we are illiterate uh, he started telling us that if we send this for a postmortem her organs will be sold off and the doctors will take money from you and the police will take money and you don't have money for a court case so why make a big deal out of this let's quietly finish this off um and at that point she said before i could think anything my daughter was placed on a pyre and it's a cremation ground already so you know these things are ready so there wasn't much to prepare for and they just set her body on fire and as soon as the fire started burning she also remembered distinctly and it was a, such a strange detail that the pandit even asked her if she's hungry and you know do you want some food can i get some roti for you and she said how could he ask me that when my daughter is lying there and i remember when writing i had not put that part in because i was like we're trying to keep our reports tight and concise and to the point but then i was like you know these are the little anecdotes that just are so shocking that in a moment like that you'd say something so banal and she said as soon as the pyre was lit and the fire was burning quite fiercely the pandit told her go home sleep quietly don't and the instructions she said were very clear that don't make noise 
and come back next day morning at 8 o'clock i'll give you whatever is left of your child and you can go do the last rites at yamuna so that's what she said and she also told you you know she said that i'd heard about hathras but i never thought that it would happen to us this is i'm quoting uh, tara's mother um and i mean this event happened on 1st of august um you went there yesterday that is the third and the parents i assume i still there they're still protesting is what i've heard yeah yeah and in the the videos that uh, you guys brought back there are, at the protest for the several men women hanging around them uh, who are they and why are they there so they're all members of the valmiki community and people who live in the purani nangal area um and they the parents also kept emphasizing how much the community actually stood up for them because when the pyre started burning uh the community had the father had reached there you know word had gotten around that something was happening at the crematorium because the pandit had locked the gate by then from inside so the entire community had reached there and they sort of broke through and went inside and a lot of the community members we spoke to said that two things were happening at the same time one there was an immediate attempt to stop the pyre from burning and then the four accused were there one is the main the main accused is the priest and then they sort of started asking them what what happened and initially they kept sticking to the story that this was a electrocution but when the community members got aggressive at some point the priest even said that ha mere se galti ho gaya maine kuch galat kaam kiya and then everybody said you know everybody's heard this so there is i mean nobody seemed to have recorded it then it would have been admissible in court but right now it's not but there seems to have been a confession of sorts that happened with eyewitness now it will be interesting to see when this goes to court how how that might change and if it will change will eyewitness turn hostile but that's what everybody said had happened and this is how the community played up and they even managed to stop the pyre from burning but uh and there's this there's this very uh gross image uh that they showed us of just her feet so they have managed to save uh below her ankle that's the only body parts that have been saved along with parts of her scalp and her hip um and of course the police have said that the postmortem of this is inconclusive i mean how much can you get from the feet of a young girl right so and we haven't put out that image because it's too uh, gross to look at and in the story you write that the police arrived quite late you know just before midnight is when they show up and uh, here's one eyewitness telling you you know about uh, what was the police's attitude when they showed up listen in the police wale wahan aaye hain aane ke baad mein unko hand over karne ke baad turant baad maine police walon ko bola ki aap jab chita jal rahi hai to aap isko bujhane ka prayas kyun nahi kar rahe koi evidence kaise collect karenge aap log unka koi pratikriya uske prati nahi thi मैंने बाल्टी पानी की भर के मैं डालने का प्रयास किया तो एक पुलिस ने वाले ने मेरी बाल्टी पकड़ ली पानी की कैसे पानी मत डालो दिस आल्सो एन एलिगेशन दैट योर स्टोरी कैरीज दैट एट नाइट बिटवीन 11 एंड 12 व्हेन द पेरेंट्स वर टेकिंग टू द पुलिस स्टेशन व्हिच पुलिस स्टेशन वाज दिस दिस वाज द दिल्ली कैंट पुलिस स्टेशन सो फ्रॉम एट 11 पीएम दैट नाइट टिल नेक्स्ट 15 आवर्स तारास पेरेंट्स वर केप्ट एट द पुलिस स्टेशन and the father was allegedly assaulted by one of the officers there well actually we don't know if it's an officer because it was someone in plain clothes it was someone in civil clothes and the police refused to identify him so we went to the police station and we sort of casually asked around for the person that the parents had named who had allegedly beaten up the father um and nobody seemed to know him either so he maybe he's not a police officer but someone who was there but these are all speculations at this point all we know is that the father said that the mother and father were kept in two separate rooms through the night they were not given any food they had only received food the next day and they'd had one meal in 15 hours and uh, 
they were very confused as to what's happening and it's uh it's unusual for a victim's family to be kept for that long in a station even though as per procedure they can to make sure the statement is recorded accurately the police's version is that there were so many people outside that they weren't able to i mean take down a statement and manage the situation uh so then that's why they ended up keeping the parents for that long right and you've spoken to the deputy commissioner of police of southwest delhi uh, inges pratap singh uh they filed an fir that's what they tell you have you accessed it yet no it's a case under poxo so right. technically you can't get access to the fir but right. we've confirmed the sections i see but the dcp told you that they followed all legal formalities and the four men and we've named radesh ambar the other three accused uh, they are lakshmi narayan kuldeep and one salim and uh, they've been sent to 14 days in judicial custody is what the police says um akanksha do you have any questions for nidhi I just wanted to ask and uh, understand one thing that uh, uh, why hasn't the police uh, added uh, sections related to rape uh, in the FIR yet, even though the mother is, uh, you know, repeatedly saying, uh, not just through media. I'm believing she has must have mentioned it in the statement as well that uh, the you know the priest did admit. स्टोरी is that uh, they've also added sections under the SCST act so i'd call the police person back to confirm if because nobody had spoken about sections under SCST act we call back to confirm and he said uh, so as of now this uh, the charges are 376 which is punishment for rape 304 which is uh, murder 302 also is murder poxo act and punishment for wrongful confinement 342 334 which is voluntarily causing hurt on provocation and three sections under the SCST act is what the lawyer and the police person have told us so on august 3rd when we had published the report we weren't sure if SCST act sections had been levied at all we got that confirmed on on august 3rd night and we've made that change on the morning of august 4th right, right. fair enough and nidhi your story also adds towards the end this is the not first uh, of its kind uh, case that has emerged from this uh, particular crematorium you've referred to a media report which said that one and a half months ago there were two women who were also allegedly raped at the same crematorium and uh, two indian army men have been arrested by the police and the investigation is on and yet even though this happened the story ends with the fact that there's no cctv footage there and do we know where that investigation is no so the police refused to divulge in those details uh, they just he, he was surprised that we found out that there was 
uh, case because this is again something that one of the community members had shown us because they said you know this has been happening in this crematorium uh, and everybody knows that you know it's so unsafe for our women to go there especially after what happened one and a half months ago uh, so when we looked up Navbharat Times had actually reported on it and when I called the police then he said yes there's been a case arrest has been made and investigation is ongoing so we can't go into too many details but the two arrested the two accused are Indian army men and so the natural question then of course was if this incident has happened the police also should have taken some effort to install CCTV cameras I mean if you if you look at how it happened with Hathras right as soon as the incident happened and the thing took over I mean there are eight CCTV cameras all uh, like in just the victim's house right now and the, it's completely controlled by the police and the CRPF in this name of security and making sure that this doesn't happen again so it would have been natural that if the police if that's the logic the police functions with that why would they not install a CCTV camera in the crematorium yeah but he also very clearly admitted that there is no CCTV camera so how even in this case how will we ever know now what exactly happened Right, exactly. And, you know, you and Akanksha both, you've covered, you were in UP, spent a lot of time there last year, and you've been going to Hathras also since. You've covered this, um, you know, sexual violence against minors. Um, you know, some some of them are not minors, but mo- most of those stories are that it's caste-based sexual violence. So this time, I mean, this I thought was... This hit way closer home. You know, this is Delhi. This is not UP, uh, where you can you know point to all flaws of the state. So, did that give you any realization that you know things are pretty much same everywhere, whether it's a city, it's a capital, or it's a rural countryside in UP? It is same and it's not. I think whenever it happens in Delhi, we also like immediately the natural thing is this is where Nirbhaya happened and yet it's happening again, right? So I really feel like it's it's time to relook at what really Nirbhaya meant to us because when Nirbhaya happened, there was this whole movement after that where the uh, criminal amendment laws took place and somehow there was the satisfying of collective conscience with that to assume that we had received some sort of closure and now suddenly women are safe. That's how that movement concluded. Um, so if this is still happening, whether it's Delhi or whether it's Hathras, the fact that even this case or even Hathras has got any attention is because of its proximity to Delhi. But there's been so many other cases like Akansha and I reported in Lakhimpur with minors and it hasn't gotten this attention. And if you even go to some place like Lakhimpur, they don't even like some of them didn't even know about Nirbhaya. Right? So is it it makes you feel like nothing really is changing. And that's also the realization that the parents have. Like a lot of the times their reference points become these cases that Hathras and Nirbhaya happened and how is this still happening? Right. And I mean, for anyone who's curious about how regular uh, such incidents occur, at least, uh, you know, in UP or even outside near Delhi, you just have to open Times of India and go to the city or state section and you'll find a report. I find it at least on every other day. But with that, uh, thank you, Nidhi. Do you want to tell our uh, uh, listeners what's the title of your story so they can read it? Yeah, the title of the story is Don't Shout, Dalit Child Raped, Killed, Forcibly Burnt at Delhi Crematorium. I also want to emphasize that this is a caste violence. It's uh, something that Akansha and I also faced when Hathras had happened, that there's so much conversation on why you're bringing caste into this. But it's important to understand that like when it happens to a Valmiki community or a Dalit community, the violence is too, like multifolded. 
right and this is a caste violence so there's this huge debate that again has come up now why are you referring to this as a caste violence right and with that uh, we'll come to akanksha akanksha um this is your third story as we said in the series on the uh, you know so called forced conversion racket uh, from what I, i've read all your three stories and i thought these are just people converting to you know from hinduism to islam but somehow it involves now the uttar pradesh anti terror squad but uh, anyway akanksha uh, the first story you did was on how uh, umar gautam who is one of the two men who are who is the center of this uh, i think it's half media circus and half political witch hunt uh, umar gautam and jahangir kasmi Uh, the first story you did focused on how Umar's family rubbished the police's claim that he was forcibly converting, you know, thousand plus people. Uh, the second story you looked at the, you know, the allegations of forced conversion of two students uh, of a school for the deaf in Noida, and, and you said that did not stand scrutiny. In the third report, your focus has been on the on two Muslim converts who were assisted. by the islamic dawa center and mr umar gautam and mr jahangir kasmi are associated with it so i think you've spent a good amount of time tracking down uh, these two people for your story and that that took you i think several weeks right yes yes i think i've been on it for more than a month now and how how did you track down um, you know ranveer jai who is the first character who lives in canada but he belongs from uttar pradesh and uh the second character in the story is richa who is that her actual name or have we changed the name uh, no randeep is a uh, is the only name which has been changed uh, because uh, his family was uh, approached by up atf so he fe- feared that uh, there could be repercussions after the story is published richa is the real name of a person who works here in delhi with an ngo and richa she's from up and she lives in up Yeah, she is from Kanpur, hmm. and Ranveer is from uh, Western UP. I see. So, I mean, you know, if uh, you've done several, uh, I think there were some videos that were carried with uh, your previous stories in this series, and that one of them started with these mainstream media channels, uh, sort of, you know, openly. making misleading assertions about this case where they were saying this is some sort of a conspiracy by these two men who were funded you know from foreign countries and they were converting people to islam in india but after you spoke to these uh, you know out of the thousand let's say that's the alleged number you found two after you spoke to them uh, tell us what's your impression has been do their claims uh, line with what we hear on tv channels on prime time uh so of course uh, as you rightly uh, said that uh, this case is partly you know uh, political stunt and partly media witch hunt uh and ever since uh, the up ats arrested umar gautam and jahangir kasmi uh if, you know from here in delhi uh, i think all the uh, news channels especially the hindi media uh, z and uh, you know others uh they have branded umar gautam as uh, a villain who was uh, trying to radicalize uh, individuals and uh, were you know trying to convert them uh and of course uh, uh, i mean the up ats in its uh, uh, different press conferences has also uh, tried to assert the same uh, even though the press release uh, doesn't really uh, you know mention the exact uh, sort of link 
they have found or what exactly uh, is the kind of evidence they have found especially uh, regarding the money trail but all these hindi uh, you know news channels they have uh, branded him as some sort of uh, villain uh, and the entire process of conversion has been uh, sort of portrayed as some sort of uh, very negative thing um you know as if uh, someone has to endure a lot of pain and agony when he or she is converting um so uh, i think for me uh, the third story uh, was all about uh, trying to get rid of some of the uh, you know general perception about conversion uh, because uh, as uh, you know you mentioned uh, i think listeners can check out that video report of us uh individuals whom news laundry uh, spoke to and who were aided uh, by umar gautam's organization islamic dawa center all of them admitted uh, that they have uh, converted out of their own will there was a point when they felt uh, disillusioned with hinduism they also emphasized that they have a lot of respect for uh, hinduism as a religion and yet uh, there were certain answers that they were looking for on the spiritual front and they got those replies uh, when they started reading about islam and uh, that is what led to this uh, entire transition which wasn't easy because uh, the moment they informed their families about conversion uh, you know uh, acrimony followed they, their ties were cut off for years and then gradually their families uh, kind of uh, accepted them but now with this media circus again uh, you know uh, there is a strain in family ties uh, they are trying to hush up their conversion as well because they feel that uh, uh, like ranvijay didn't share his uh, real name because he feels that uh, i mean for now he is in toronto for a research project but uh, if his real name is out he fears that if he applies for a government job here in india uh, then he may not uh, uh you know uh, he may be uh, treated uh, differently and there might be issues right and you know in your story there's a very helpful section where you explain how when you know if uh, one person's converting from one religion to another what's the process so you say first you know the person who's converting has to go and file an affidavit with the stm saying that we i'm changing my religion then they have to obtain a certificate of conversion from a cleric uh preferably from a cleric whose religion you are converting to third they should run a newspaper ad and fourth finally they have to uh, you know the new name has to be carried in the gazette of india and that's a really, really tedious process but uh, ranvijay tells you interestingly that in the, it's that the last process the fourth step is where at some at some point does it leak and some people in the system they leak out the details of the people who are converting and next day you find that there are hindu outfits standing outside your house and they they're harassing you for converting to another religion and so which just uh, you know it just gives you an insight into how that because people don't want to face that sort of harassment that they go to centers like the islamic dawa center so that it's formalized and people who are helping them convert are people who know how to do it without you know without hassle so it's basically they're not part of the problem they're part of the solution but now these two men are under arrest so just tell us about uh, what ranvijay uh, we've talked about why he wanted to convert but uh, what did he have to say about umar gautam and jahangir kasmi so uh, i think uh, uh, it's 
important to uh, understand uh, here if anyone is uh, trying to make sense of the uh, you know story around anti conversion racket that why do organizations uh, like islamic dawa center exist it's because uh, the entire process of conversion is still a very tedious one and uh, also uh, like this girl richa she told me that uh, you know i mean uh, if uh, i'm like if i'm a hindu and i'm trying to convert uh, you know i'm trying to embrace islam uh, there's no one really in my uh, ecosystem who can guide me or help me and i was just doing some basic uh, research when uh, you know the I, a name of idc uh, popped up and that's how i uh, got in touch with umar gautam and jahangir kasmi and both uh, ranvijay as well as richa they uh, you know told us that uh, they found uh, umar gautam to be a very progressive and liberal muslim uh, and when I, when they met him uh, there was no uh, sort of coercion of any kind uh, in fact ranvijay uh, he still wears a kara uh, which is i think usually um, associated with a you know symbol a symbolic uh, gesture uh, from the hindu community men do wear it uh and he still continues to wear it and he was uh, he recalled one of his last interaction uh, with umar gautam and jahangir kasmi and jahangir kasmi just like touches his kara and smiles and that was about it and even when richa approached uh, went to idc's office in jamia nagar for the first time it was jahangir kasmi who kept on questioning her uh why do you want to uh, convert i hope you know it's your decision and it's not because you know there you are dating a muslim uh, boy and uh, out, you know under his influence you just want to uh, convert uh and both of them they also kind of ensure that i hope you are familiar uh, with the you know tenets of islam and you are embracing it wholeheartedly and that there is no uh, undue pressure of any kind behind your decision uh so uh, both of them they do make it clear after you know through series of interactions that they had with a uh, so called accused uh, in the conversion racket that they do not really are the ones uh, who pushed them into uh, you know embracing islam it was entirely their own personal decision right thanks thanks akankshan also i mean not just about how they've portrayed umar or uh, mr kasmi but even the way you know the portrayal of people who convert are which is it's it's either you know people who are uh, ignorant and are misled by those who convert them or those who are poor and are greedy and they do it for some sort of inducement but the characters you spoken to both of them one of them is doing a research project in canada the other one uh, richa she works at an ngo in delhi so these are seem like you know rather very educated people who've you know thought through uh, what spiritual life they're looking for and therefore in accord- accordingly they've converted to islam but anyway uh, you know let's come to the media bit of it uh, you've told us that uh, after rumar and kasmi were arrested that the list of muslim converts was leaked to the media and it named 33 women richa was one of them and of course amar ujala reported it dainik bhaskar uh, reported it and you know op india which has fake news for breakfast reported it 
and the reports you say declared that richard donated 75000 from a salary to a mosque and there's also a muslim professor who allegedly brainwashed her to convert and uh, tell us about this uh, you know what uh, how media reported this their claims and what you found in your conversation with richard and who is this professor so i think uh, uh, apart from the regular press conferences uh, there have been certain leaks uh, to the media as well uh, which uh, you know understandably should be from the side of the investigating agency and uh, there is this list which is uh, labeled as IBC shining stars list and it has names of 33 women uh, who had approached IBC uh, to help them in conversion uh and richard's name is uh, on that list uh we still don't know uh you know what exactly is the origin of this list and what does it stand for uh but soon uh, as soon as this list uh, made its way you know in the local media there were these reports about richard uh, who's known as mahin uh, that uh, you know uh, from kan she's from kanpur and she was made to uh, convert forcibly and today she donates uh, 75000 uh, from her salary to a mosque um, those were the kinds of headlines uh, and uh, stories which were published by amar ujala dainik bhaskar and of course uh, the usual culprit of india uh, and uh, you know even i had received uh, one such message from a local stringer saying that uh, you know there is this girl richa and uh, she also happens to be uh, uh, you know she ha- she happens to uh, a student of allahabad university and uh, the message that was doing the round suggested that uh, one particular professor from political science department of allahabad university professor shahid uh, who was arrested last year uh, in connection uh, with the tablighi jamaat case uh has uh, radicalized her uh and just to give a listener some background into the tablighi jamaat case which also has been uh, portrayed uh, in a very negative way by certain sections of the media so professor shahid was uh, had been named in an fir for illegally uh, giving shelter to some persons who had taken part at the tablighi jamaat congregation here in delhi uh he was also suspended uh, by the administration of allahabad university but then uh, when charges were not found to be true uh, he was reinstated in february this year so this was the entire uh, sort of story which was doing the rounds uh, uh, in like in local media and uh, so i contacted rich and i asked her about this and she said that i don't even have that kind of salary that i can donate uh, 75000 in charity and she said that yes i did complete my mba from a college in allahabad but i have never been to allahabad university so there is no way that i could have uh, met professor shahid who's a professor who's uh, associated with political science department and of course she didn't uh, share the exact name of the college because she felt that uh, now the mba institute will be haunted uh so that's the kind of uh, you know fake news Uh, and misinformation uh, that has been doing the rounds uh, in connection with uh, the conversion uh, especially the converts uh, you know uh, as i mentioned earlier that uh, the intention has been to portray them as victims and conversion as 
some sort of uh, coerced act. Akansha, I have a question, which is more like you know, when a lot of times these cases come up, uh, we're often really surprised at how the state manages to become part of such an intimate decision that you're taking, and also a decision that's probably not easy with your own family. So you one battling your family on one level, and then the state's policies on another level. Now, um, I'm wondering when you speak to the people involved in these cases. Do they have an acute sense of shock, or is there almost a resign, like resignation, that okay, this is happening and I have to deal with it, or are they angry and shocked at the involvement, the level of involvement of the state in their own personal affairs? Um, I think uh, they are. I mean, anger is like in case of Richa, uh, she's angry with the media for sure. uh because there were uh, reporters uh you know standing outside her house in a village uh in kanpur thatampur town and you know i do recall uh her telling me that uh, you know the only fallout of uh, this entire uh, media circus is that uh probably you know my relatives and others in my village they will think twice before uh, sending a girl outside because uh not only i'm you know i've taken uh, a job a vocation that i love i've also uh, sort of switched my religion so this is now too much for them to absorb and make sense of so it's definitely uh, a sense of anger that i could uh, feel while talking to them and the same goes um even for dr sujeet shukla uh, who's uh, another convert from bangalore and he features in our video story and uh, even he lashes out at the media saying that whenever it is about hindu muslim uh, you know you know uh, what is going to be the slant certain media houses are going to take as far as the involvement of the state is concerned and whether they are intruding into their uh, personal space i don't think that you know they are in a position to uh, process that and take a stand because as of now there is a lot to manage on the personal front uh like uh, i mean for ranvijay uh, his father called him at 1 in the night so uh, and then he you know he explains to him that they are i'm you know upats guys are here uh, they want your statement and then he consults a lawyer in delhi who tells him not to share any documents uh so there is a lot to manage uh, on the personal and professional uh, front for now uh i uh, don't think that uh, they really had anything to uh, say about the role of the state probably i should have asked them which didn't strike me as well uh, because uh, i also was just trying to understand their uh, transformation and their trajectory uh, same goes for richa i think uh, she also is trying to figure out uh, how she will manage the fallout of this incident uh there is i couldn't sense any angst uh directed particularly at the up government or the new law that uh, they have brought in all they con- the the uniform stand that they maintain is that this uh, we have changed religion out of our own will and now just leave us alone and uh, we i mean that's about it thank you akanksha uh, listeners if you want to read akanksha's report head over to newsonly.com it's titled i don't recognize the man on tv meet the muslim converts umar gautam helped and uh, listeners of course if you want our 
lightning quick nidhi to reach the uh, ground as soon as a major development is taking place or if you want akanksha to spend a whole month tracking people for a very crucial story that gives throws light um, on how most media narratives or the political narratives are dubious please consider subscribing to news laundry we do not depend on advertisers or sponsors who might have vested interests we solely count on folks like you who understand why it is important to keep news away from the clutches of advertisers so please support us in our endeavor to bring you free and fair news go to our website newslaundry.com click on the subscribe button on the top right hand corner and pay to keep news free guys i won't hold you long can you please tell us what your recommendations are for our listeners this week nidhi so my recommendation is something that hotstar is streaming right now it's called the catch and kill the podcast tapes it's hosted by ron and farrow uh it's based on his investigation on the harvey weinstein case and he's written the the reporting eventually led to a book called catch and kill where he also sort of talks about how this israeli organization black cube uh had spied on him and on many of the victims of weinstein to make sure that they don't uh what is that they don't breach their nda agreements which is the non-disclosure agreements that they were made to sign to make sure that uh, Harvey Weinstein's rape allegations don't come out anywhere um which led to his book and then eventually it became a podcast it became an audiobook and now the whole thing has been turned into a, a sort of series it's about six episodes short episodes maximum half an hour uh, where you can see some of the people really speaking about their experience they are not new stories we know what's happened with the Weinstein case but uh, every time i read a detail about this or watch this in a new format the incidents just keep getting so shocking and to think that uh, a country that seems to be so self aware uh, can it can still happen there uh, is just unbelievable uh, the extent to which this man went and how long it took almost like i think about 100 women in 2 years uh, to get him to finally be uh, charged as a rapist in court so it's a very interesting series very short and crisp so it's a good watch cool um akanksha your recommendation so i would recommend this documentary on naomi osaka which has uh, just come on netflix uh, it's interesting to know her as a person also uh, after uh, sort of she initiated this conversation around mental health um it's interesting to understand what uh, you know when when you're successful uh, the stress and the pressure that comes with it how do you have to handle it i think um, the documentary kind of portrays that beautifully uh, apart from the grit and determination with which osaka handles uh, different phases uh, of her career um, and uh, my second recommendation would be this uh, white asia documentary called uh, boys who live in the guest room uh this is another interesting uh, documentary on uh, families in rajasthan and i think that would be true for the rest of india as well uh where they keep uh, boys uh, you know uh, they make them uh, spend a large part of the day in just a room uh, and how this uh, such gender based segregation also perpetuates patriarchy of a certain kind and misogyny um, among women their perception about women I think it's been done really well so that would be my second recommendation. Actually I have one more recommendation. Um I was reminded of it when Akansha spoke about the Olympics. Um 
this is uh, the daily podcast by the new york times which have done a podcast called simone biles and uh, the story of simone biles so they have their sports correspondent sort of talking about her relationship with simone biles and how uh, what led to really her taking a step back uh, and her life and what it means to be an athlete at such a young age so it's a very interesting podcast yeah it sounds interesting uh, my recommendation listeners is the series on news on week called who owns your media uh the last four or five uh, pieces in the series have been done by Anto Joseph and they're extremely well written and detailed and not only do they give you the ownership patterns and um, details of several media groups but also what's going inside them the inside story of their finances and you know the the fights and the feuds it's it's rather juicy but it's also very informative uh so far we've carried um, reports on Z on Hindu on Manorama group on the times and even on news laundry though the gossip on news laundry is rather low so you know you know why <laughs> so please check out anto series on who owns your media and also if you're listening to this podcast on apps like stitcher spotify or apple podcast remember we have a website newslaundry.com besides all the reports we discuss here if you log on to the website you'll find podcasts you'll find interviews satire and a lot of other cool stuff so do check it out and with that this podcast is adjourned All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.